0: Welcome, Black Equity listeners, to another great episode of Black Equity Podcast. We have a great conversation for you today. We're going to be talking about the future of Black tech. Before we do that, make sure you sign up for the Patreon community so you can get early access to conversations like this, investment opportunities, and other opportunities within Black culture. You do not want to wait any longer. Now is the time because prices may be going up very, very soon. So head over to Patreon. The link is in our show notes. We want you to be part of our community. And also, when you sign up, you'll have an opportunity to sit down with me for a one-on-one conversation so we can see what are the best things that we can bring to you to bring value. So we look forward to you joining our community and having that conversation with you. And uh, without further ado, let's sit down with Bonnie Bell from Bumpf and let's talk about the future of black tech. I'm DJ Motri of Black Equity Network, and welcome to the Black Equity Podcast. All right, we are back for another great episode of Black Equity Podcast. I'm excited about this conversation. We're going to actually talk about uh, the Future of Tech, because right now we're kind of in a middle of a crossroads here of looking at where we are in tech uh, as Black Americans, as Black people around, uh, around the globe. And I really want to dive into understanding where are we at right now and where are we going? And uh, joining me on the call is Bonnie. Bonnie, are you there?
1: I'm here.
0: Welcome, welcome. Please introduce yourself for those who do not know who you are.
1: Sure, thanks. So my name is, well, my full first name is actually Bonnie Bell, uh, Bonnie Bell Um I am the leader of operations, or, you know, I am the COO over at Bumpf. Um, what we do over there, you know, obviously we are, at the most basic level, we're problem solvers, but um, our goal is to provide all-in-one tech solutions for not just small businesses, but also enterprises as well. Um, I suppose a bit about me. You know, my background is in operations management. Um, I actually did it in other industries. I did it in casino industries and customer service, um, and I've also done people operations in the digital advertising space as well. Um, and then I also run, you know, my own my own blogging business as well. Uh, I have a, a website and online business that I ma- maintain, and I kind of made the the national or sorry the natural uh, segue. To, to operations and tech, if you will. Um, I do have a family friend who has his own, you know, he's running his own business. It, he's the one that's leading bump, like I mentioned, um, you know, and he needed somebody who was into operations and funnily enough, it's just been a natural fit. Um, we've kind of had this discussion as to, you know, maybe you know, leading a tech company one day and it just kind of amalgamated, uh, of course, during COVID, that's when everything crazy is kind of happening, so.
0: It's very interesting. It's a very interesting journey that you're on. So yeah. where do we begin? Because you got a lot of different avenues here.
1: Okay. I mean it's so it's so unconventional to be well, honest.
0: I love that though. <laughs> I love that it's not the typical thing. Yeah. Um you talked about the blogging side. So I mm-hmm. wanna I wanna talk about that side first. Sure. Uh, so you have a blogging business. When you say that, what does a blogging business mean in, in your mind?
1: For sure. Well, there are like multiple ways to make money with a blog, and I do make multiple. I have you know multiple um, income streams with my blog, but the the primary one for me is through freelance writing. Mm-hmm. Um, I mostly write in the cannabis space, although I do I have done some some writing in food and and travel and uh, fitness as well. Um, and funnily enough, like I actually had bump do my first website for me um, when I was still living in California. I um, had a, a an online baking business that I was running and they did the website for that. And when I was living in Florida for a while I had a lifestyle and travel blog that I, I started out there and bump was the one that did my website for that too. Um, and then only it was only last year really that I started, you know, taking more of a professional approach mm-hmm. and leaning more towards, uh, you know, covering more um, lifestyle and business topics on my website. And I was the one that did that, to be honest with you. I kind of took everything down that the company had done, and I built it my way. And I, I taught myself how to design and develop and even a little bit of coding from that.
0: I love that. So we've, we've mentioned Bump a, a few times mm-hmm. uh, uh, early on in this conversation. So for the listener, what is Bump, and why should they know about
1: it? For sure. So at its most basic level, like I said, you know, we've, we've solved problems and what we started doing with Bump, um, initially the company was doing web design and web development. And now we're at a crossroads where it's like design meets security. Um, we have definitely added, you know, domain registration and hosting services into the product lineup. Um, we also have a free and secured video conferencing, a free platform that we offer. Um, and the reason why people should know about it is because, you know, with COVID, with the pandemic happening a lot of us have moved to the online space and we were going to make that transition anyway. Um, You know, we were trending that way. Remote work was growing in popularity and more people were wanting that as like their prime benefit. Mm -hmm. And the pandemic obviously, you know, sped up digitalization. And with that comes, you know, if everybody's online at the same time then you start seeing weaknesses in some platforms that are out there. Um, We could mention, you know, Zoom, like everyone knows that uh, they're having security issues they have been since the pandemic. Right. And they should know about Bump because, you know, for us, one of our values is we make, we make our products for the people, not for the internet. We are yeah. very much people-focused and security-focused um, with, uh, with Bump, or sorry, with Caster by Bump. Uh, that's done with hop-by-hop encryption. We want to make sure that security is at the forefront for everybody. So anyone who's using, you know, uh, a video room or video conferencing through uh, Caster, it, it's not able to be hacked. We make sure that, you know, security is at the forefront and... Anybody who has a link or has their own room, it's only you that, that can be in there.
0: Okay. So we're going to jump in on what you're saying about not being able to be hacked, the mm-hmm. video conferencing, all that. But you said okay. something, so now I got to dive into it. You okay. said uh, COVID-19, it it caused uh, the speeding up of digitization. Yeah. Um what does that mean? What, what exactly sped up over these last two or three months in your perspective?
1: For sure. So before the pandemic, a lot of us were, I was already working remotely before the pandemic, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of businesses are now ran solely online. Uh, the coaching space has exploded, obviously. You know, a lot of us have seen that. Um, podcasting is popular. Um, consulting as well. So there's a lot of, there's always, there's already been a lot of activity in the online space. And now it's kind of as if, you know, with the pandemic, it's not just those industries or those types of businesses that have to be online. Now it's everyone having to adapt in some way with everyone being at home. Um, for instance, we could use the, the food industry as an example. Okay. Um, a lot of them, you know, a lot of them offered online ordering and delivery beforehand. And now it's you kind of need to have that or else you're not going to make it in this business at all. Um, yeah. There are a lot of that are offering takeout, but honestly, takeout's not even enough. You almost have to add the delivery component into it. So that's what I mean by saying, you know, the, pan, the pandemic sped up the digitalization, because all of a sudden, the only way or the, the most reliable and the easiest way for all of us to communicate and still have some kind of connection right now is through the, the internet.
0: I think you're right. Uh, you know, one of my favorite wing spots here in Charlotte, North Carolina for the longest time, like last three years, they're like, Yeah, we don't, you know, we don't do delivery. We're not yeah. part of DoorDash and Postmates and Uber Eats. They just, they were good for so long that people would come to them and mm-hmm. they would be packed all the time. And yeah. it got frustrating because I'm like, Well, I really don't want to drive to go get it, but it is the best wings in town. Mm-hmm. And then the last three, two or three months, I noticed out of nowhere, now, magically, they are offering uh, Postmates and DoorDash uh, mm-hmm. offering delivery, and so I see what you're saying. It's it's forced it, it's sped it up to the point where you can't play with this no more because you, you're not able mm-hmm. to have those people inside of your restaurants. And so the the the, the demand is still there, but you're going to have to be mm-hmm. able to meet that demand in a, in a different in a different way.
1: One hundred percent a lot of businesses are actually suffering for that reason. I could use a, a similar example out here. Um, I'm from Sacramento and there's a, a a very popular restaurant out there. They're called Biba's Restaurant and they're actually, I believe, closing and it's for this exact same reason. Mm-hmm. They were, they've always been a number one restaurant and they've actually have, they have, they're, they have a lot of history in the Sacramento area, um, being over 30 years old and being a staple in the downtown area. And once the pandemic, you know, took over, um, they have not been able to keep up with demand or sorry not not able to keep up with the digitalization and what uh the pandemic is now expecting or what's demanding from these businesses it's either you know you have to be able to adapt to this new uh environment that we have right now or you might be a blockbuster
0: Mm, well you know that was my favorite that was my (laughs) favorite place to go before everything shifted with netflix Mm -hmm. Uh, so it kind of uh touches my soul when you mentioned that Uh, But yeah, you have to be able to adjust. And so part of adjusting is knowing, okay, well, where are we going? And so what your company is, uh, I guess, proposing as Mm -hmm. one avenue is, you know, being able to connect with people through video conferencing. That's one of the uh, products that you're offering. And you're saying that's called Caster, correct?
1: Yeah, it's Caster or Caster by Bump right?
0: Okay. And so that product is the video conferencing side. I think that's important because whenever we get into the tech space, it always seems to be where we, we use like the, the, the leading person or the leading company as mm-hmm. the go-to. Like I've asked questions to, uh, you know, the popular influencers and they'll say things like, well, just go Google it. And right. I always find that funny, like, but there's like a thousand other search engines, but we always say Google it. Yeah. And, and, and then in video conferencing space, we're like, well, yeah, we're just going to jump on a zoom and it may not even be zoom. It may be Skype or it may be something totally different, but now we've programmed ourselves to say zoom. Mm-hmm. So what you're saying, and I think it's important for us to note this, there are other video conferencing uh, options out there besides zoom and Skype. Is that correct?
1: 100%, 100%. And the funny thing about zoom, right. Is you're very right about there being like, like Zoom being the number one, right? Everyone's talking about, let's hop on to Zoom. The funny thing is that in spite of all of the security issues, I mean, it's not just from the beginning of the pandemic. I mean, if you look, look into Zoom security issues and you'll find one from like last week or just a few days ago, right. um, people are still using Zoom. That's still their, their leading choice. I mean, I'll be honest, before, before we had Castor, I was very much on Zoom. Uh, I, that was what I was using because I used it in other, in other companies where I used to work. And then as soon as Castor came along, I switched all my personal meetings over to Castor. I don't want to, to use Zoom if I don't have to, truthfully. Um, and that's, I almost think that, I mean, that's the way it should be for everybody. If security is, you know, this huge thing and it is this huge thing, it needs to be taken seriously. I mean, I'll, we could use, for example, TikTok, right? There mm-hmm. was the news about TikTok and, you know, taking your data and blah, blah, blah. And everyone's like, oh, we need to stop using TikTok. I'm like, TikTok's just one app. Google does the same thing. Facebook does the same thing. So we need to take security seriously across the board. Um, and we hope that, you know, is just one product that we have that, that puts security first. We hope to offer a full suite of enter- or enterprise products with security first.
0: So help me, help me understand that. If security's first, what, are, what is your company doing that other companies are not doing to prioritize security? And after you answer that, why are they not also doing the same thing?
1: Well, for example, we could use the difference in Caster versus Zoom. Like the, okay. the number, the leading feature, the leading difference is the fact that we offer free encryption. Um, Zoom is only offering that to enterprise. That's not, that shouldn't be something that you pay for, having to pay for security. Mm. Um, yeah, we, we just believe that it should be free. Caster is a free product. You could use it for an unlimited amount of time. There's no 40-minute time limit with it. Um, and you could have, you know, a number of people on there. We've tested it as a team and the quality is, is phenomenal. If anything, it's actually our performance. That's um, our leading quality. Um, people who you see on Zoom or you see them on Skype, if you see them on Castor, you might be like, oh, wow, but, you know, they have freckles or there's a birthmark that I didn't notice. The quality is that clear. Um, and yeah, we believe in, you know, not only providing these products for people and for their businesses, but um, we have free products that we want people to use too. Castor is, is free and it's going to be that way.
0: So the second part of that is okay. Mm-hmm. So you're offering the security, the the, the free enc- encryption. You're saying, yeah. well, some of the other companies, you know, it's more of a, of their premium service. So they do have it, but you have, you may have to pay to get That's up there. Before. Right. Uh, why do you think there's that gap where security is not a priority in the in the tech space?
1: Um. At the end of the day, um, you know, a lot of these companies do things for the dollar. Um, They might have started it, you know, with the mindset of wanting to be for the people, and then things change. I'm not too sure. I don't want to get into, you know, why another company is doing it, but I could tell you that the reason why we prioritize people is because nobody else seems to be doing that. Um, If we had like an inspiration or a role model in the tech space, it would not be the Zuckerbergs or the Jeff Bezoses of the world. It would be somebody like. Uh, Tom from MySpace, who literally, you know, he sold it for 500 million or however much, and then he retired, he became a photographer. He didn't, you know, sell the people out, he didn't sell their information. So that's how we, we approach our businesses. We want it to be people first. We, sorry, we want it to be people first, we want it to be security first, and making sure that whatever protections we want, we don't want our, our stuff online. I mean, that's the reason why we created this product is because we saw what was going on with Zoom and other, other uh, companies and we created something that was secure and we want the world to have it now.
0: So as uh, being in the operations side of it, what is it like mm-hmm. operating uh, a tech company that is, to me, very futuristic, very ahead of its time? How does, how does that work? How does that feel to be operating uh, in, in this space?
1: Um, it's, it's very exciting, to say the least. Um, you know, my, my background might not be traditional, but I feel as if that's what has me prepared for it the most because a lot of people I've always had aspirations to be in the tech world and funnily enough I was just never wanting to go to school for it like I I was in school to be a doctor that was what like what my parents wanted me to be and I was studying for that I ended up graduating with french but I always you know studied tech the the world side or sorry the operation side of it the business side and just how to be how to be forward in it because something that um I've noticed about the tech world and something that actually repelled me initially is the lack of people approach. It's very much, you know, dev and programmer and everyone has their head down and it. Uh, initially it felt like there wasn't a space for people-oriented people oriented mm-hmm. people who are, you know, a bit higher in terms of emotional intelligence rather than tech intelligence. Right. So what it's like to come from an untraditional background, it, it's an exciting thing because, you know, tech, we'll always have a lot of developers and a lot of programmers and people with that mindset. And they're always going to be necessary because that's what, you know, that's what is necessary for innovation. You need people with those skills. But um, I love the fact that I'm able to come in with a people approach, coming in with with an HR background um, and being able to prioritize things like communication and collaboration, especially in a remote space, because, um, you know, something that we don't have as opposed to working in an office, is the water cooler talk, being able to you know, just go to somebody's cubicle or wherever, you know, wherever they may be and have a, a casual conversation or sit down with somebody during lunch. Um, we're having to put you know, people culture first, and it should always be that way. It's not like you know, we're having to go out of our way, but we're having a renewed focus and making sure that we're doing it from day one, making sure that we're laying the right foundation so that the founding team that we have right now have everything that they need to take us to where we need to be.
0: Now, I know you mentioned earlier about uh, Black tech companies being able to receive the, the proper funding,
1: mm-hmm. uh,
0: just in case, because I know our audience is usually a nice mixture of entrepreneurs and investors. They're getting their business news. They're they're learning about uh, what's happening in the world uh, from our guests that come on, just like, like yourself. Mm-hmm. Uh, if an investor was interested, what would be that process of uh, at least learning you know, how they could invest in the company or being part of, uh, of, of your journey?
1: Um, Well, I mean, the process, we we definitely want to make sure that we're, we're with people who understand our culture and respect our culture. So Mm -hmm. even though we're very much a tech company, we almost have like an anti-tech attitude. And that's because, you know, we've seen companies that are people-oriented from the beginning and then they've sold out as they as they grow. A lot mm-hmm. of them are known to, you know, exit and then they are up there in the 1% and they're like everybody else now. Um, we want to make sure that we're bringing on people who understand our vision and understand what we're trying to do as a Black tech company or as um, a security and people-oriented tech company. Um, making sure, like that's the, that's, you know, for me anyway, um, that's my hope is making sure that we're bringing in the right people. Obviously, we want people who are very much interested in our technology and where we can go. Um, I, if you want me to be honest with you, I, I see us as being the the Black Google. That's our goal is to be like another Alphabet or something and have a suite of products that we're able to offer people. Um, and that's what we're looking for. If somebody is on board for that, then yeah, you're more than welcome to to join us. Um, you know, we are always going to be. Looking for, for ways to solve more problems for people, and security is always going to be at the forefront of that. We have the EARN IT Act. I'm not too sure if you've been following, but um, that's been making headway in Congress, believe it or not. It's masked as a bill that's going to um, you know, crack down on child abuse, but at the end of the day, it's really a bill that is meant to end uh, sorry, <clears throat> meant, on, meant on ending end to end encryption. Um, funnily enough, it's a bill that's passed by both Democrats and Republicans. So it's both sides, you know, teaming up to to start surveilling its people. Um, and we want to make sure that we have people like our team is very much security folks focused, and we want to make sure that anyone who's on board is on board with that. Making sure that we are security first going forward. Um, not to to sound too to scary or anything, but you know, this bill is very much going in the territory of say China or something along those lines. And it's very much something that we are fighting in our company. And that's why we are security first.
0: Well, tell me more about that. Um, I, I think we, we, you touched on it. So we have to dive a little bit in it. End to end encryption is what you said, right? Right. What does that mean?
1: Um, so what we use for, for our company is hop to hop encryption, meaning that every single um, Say that we're on caster right every single aspect of that call every single phase of that call is encrypted so uh, under no circumstances could anybody ever hack into it okay um the point of this bill like it says that it's for child abuse but very much it's to crack down on end-to-end encryption so that the government has uh, endless opportunity to surveil its people and that was why i brought up zoom earlier because you know their free users do not have end-to-end encryption meaning that if uh, a government entity or the police ever wanted to investigate people or, you know, look into them, they have that ability to do so.
0: So without the end-to-end encryption, th- that leaves gaps yes. uh, where people could jump in and be able to access that data or that information and then use that against you or just have information on you for later. But yeah. with the end-to-end uh, encryption, there's not, there, it's, a, it's a steel wall. You can't get through. Uh, you can't penetrate in any way.
1: Right. And if you don't have that encryption, it's not only just for, you know, for government and for police entities. I mean, we saw yesterday the, the hacking on Twitter. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, that leaves you vulnerable to hackers as well, just like, uh, you know, on Twitter yesterday and then with Zoom uh, earlier in the pandemic as well.
0: So w- what happened with that? I, I You know, I know it's not, you know, you don't work for Twitter. What do you think happened with that huge, you know, they were saying all these names were part of... Uh, the hack I was like what is going on I kind of just stayed away from it is do you think that Twitter is uh, not prioritizing security or how how does something like that happen uh,
1: to be honest with you I still need to, to look into it myself I'm not I'm not entirely sure I, okay. I couldn't say. yeah um, yeah I've never seen anything like that to be honest with you on Twitter so I, I wouldn't even know
0: Okay, well, it just yeah. happened, so I, yeah. I understand. Uh yeah, uh, I was I was yeah. looking at it and I was just like kind of blown away. I couldn't process it cuz I mean they were naming like 30, 40, 50 different accounts and I'm like,
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know, first my first question was, well how do I even know that they did get hacked? Like what 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 other than someone saying that they were hacked?
1: Yeah.
0: How would you know? You know, how would you know that someone was hacked? Mm-hmm. And uh then the second thing was Uh, you know, what is Twitter doing to, you know, stop that? Because at any time, that could be your account with Mm -hmm. your personal information. And, you know, a lot of people sign on on other places with their Twitter. Right. And I wonder, you know, does that, you know, have have anything to do with anything? So just some of the questions that popped in my mind.
1: Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, we were, I was looking into it too. From, from the speculation that I was seeing online, there were some people suggesting that it might be an inside job and who knows. I mean, something of that scale almost sounds like it is. Truth yeah. to, I, I wouldn't know. Yeah. yeah well, like you said, it is worrisome, but yeah, <laughs> it took down pretty much everybody yesterday.
0: Definitely. Well, what, what I'm sensing is we really need to be paying closer attention to um, companies that prioritize security Mm -hmm. We need to be uh, paying attention to all of our options so we're not just stuck with whoever the big dog is on the block and really uh, doing our own check on the different tech companies or the different applications that we're using on a day-to-day basis. Mm -hmm. Um, And we really need to support our Black tech companies because Mm -hmm. they are being designed with us in mind. And for whatever reason, of course, you've built your following, but I would love to see uh, more of us get behind companies like yours who are, to me, providing a service that's invaluable. Mm -hmm. Uh, How can people uh, get in touch? How can people work with you? How can people use all the different products and services that your company has to offer?
1: For sure. Well, for um we could talk about Castor because that's one that we've been uh, talking heavily on. If anyone wanted to use that, they could either go to b or sorry, that's C-A-S-T-E-R dot Um they could go there and create their own room. Or um if they want to see the other suite of products that we offer, including the you know domain registration, the hosting services, and some of the cybersecurity services we offer they can go on on bump.co and they'll find all of our information there as well as um, contact forms in case anybody wants to speak with us further about how we can help them.
0: I think that's important too. So it's not just the video conferencing, Mm -hmm. then it's the web hosting.
1: Yeah. Like
0: You you have several different options that uh, actually serve the people. It's not just one particular area.
1: Exactly. Um, our, our web services are almost like a GoDaddy of services, if you will, you're allowed to, or not you're allowed to, but you can go to our website. Um, you can find, like I said, domain registration and hosting. And on, honestly, if um, you end up not wanting to use our services, we have a web builder for you there too, so you can do it yourself. Um, if you have a food business, you could also integrate it with our online ordering white label uh, service that we offer. Um, and then we also have cloud storage we do email marketing uh, we have other email services there is a lot that we do it's not just uh, the ones that I mentioned so yeah um, there's plenty of opportunities for people to work with us and for us to be able to um, not just you know dig into their business and help them uh, you know create them help them create by creating a, an online web presence that is design focused and also security focused but we could also help them by creating um, a suite of in internal uh, products that they can use specifically for for that company. So if that means creating like a, a caster for them, if that means having like an, an internal cloud for them, whatever they want, we can make it for them.
0: I like that. So what is the vision of making sure, uh, I know this episode will help, Uh, that cause of people being more aware of this option but what is the the vision to make sure people are aware that hey there's more than just google there's more than just zoom you know there's other options in the video conferencing space and in the tech space how do you uh, reach that end user to let them know here are your other
1: options at the end of the day i mean it comes down to to marketing we have to get in people's spaces and one thing that i could you know we could definitely del- delve into this uh something that we're we're noticing as a black tech company and i'm very sure that other black, com- black tech companies will tell you the exact same thing is that it's hard to to get funding or the right you know investors the right tools that you need to take something to to rocket launch i suppose if if i was using like a proper metaphor or analogy um it's not that like, we have people using it. We have thousands of users on, or on um, Caster by Bump. And it's not a matter of, you know, we don't know if it's working or we need to test it or not. We know that we have something that works. It's more so just how do we get in front of people. Um, and, you know, we're, we're obviously using social media, um, using this as an avenue to, to get it out there. Um, but I do think that there is, there, like you're saying, there is very much a void as to why people don't see other products. Um, I know for a fact that there's, you know, part of the reason why they don't see other Black entrepreneurs, Black uh, companies is because of algorithms. Um, some of the AI systems are, are slanted against uh, Black business people. And that's one obstacle of many that we have to overcome.
0: Mm, that's that's uh, that's a big topic right there. Uh, but I want to touch on what you said a couple of seconds ago about Uh, already having thousands of users. I think that's so key. Like as much as we pay attention to uh, people that are, are, you know, the the bigger names, you don't necessarily need to have uh, every single body, you know, with you. You can build a small tribe, uh, a a medium tribe even. And no one one will necessarily know the numbers that you have, but Mm -hmm. you can make a huge impact, especially if your mission is for the people.
1: Right. And for, to be honest with you, to get back to what you're even saying, right, how could people get, or how could people know about, you know, other products other than Google and the rest? Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, you know, it's definitely up to the businesses like ours to make sure that we're getting in front of people, not just people, but the right people. I also think that it's incumbent on users themselves to, to, you know, widen their knowledge. If Facebook is you know, if you disagree with Facebook's practices, if you don't like, you know, the fact that they are putting, uh, you know, they're not putting security first and they're not putting uh, free speech first or whatever the case may be, it's kind of up to you too to look for another option, right? If you keep going to a Whole Foods or somewhere or some kind of grocery store, whatever the case may be, and you have b- bad customer service, you take your business elsewhere. And right. you can do the same thing with social media and all of these other options, but we're kind of just focused on, on one. And there are several out there which is hilarious. If you actually do a search, I mean, you'll find multiple versions, or not versions, but multiple messaging apps that are like WhatsApp that you've never heard of. And they have 300 million users on them.
0: Yeah, no, I, I did just that. You know, as we were pre- preparing for this conversation,
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, I started looking up uh, things like uh, super apps, yeah. where in the apps, it can do multiple things and mm-hmm. uh, how those aren't necessarily the most known apps yet, you know, they, they have four or five functions inside of them, um, but they, uh, they, they're not the most talked about. Mm-hmm. But what you're saying about the personal responsibility, to me, I see it as having like a standard for yourself. Yeah. And uh, having understanding that you actually have the power and the control of your user experience. Mm -hmm. A lot of time, user experience is put on the company, like, hey, why don't you have this? Why don't you have that? But at any time, you can leave Twitter. At any time, you can leave Facebook. At any time, you can leave, you don't have to be part of that system because there are thousands of other options.
1: And we've all done it before. That's the thing is that people don't even know that they've made that migration before. We were on MySpace before and then Facebook came along. So it's not as if it's impossible.
0: No, no, I, I agree. It's, it's actually what we do every few years anyway. Mm-hmm. But we really should, in my opinion, we really should be uh, at all times kind of reviewing what are all the options out there? How has this changed over the years? How has this improved? How is this mm-hmm. going to be beneficial in my life? Instead of just saying, well, here are my five apps or here are the five applications that I use. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's it. You, you have to do your own due diligence mm-hmm. to know who's going to occupy your mind.
1: Exactly. And at the end of the day, I mean, the way these uh, companies grow is not always, you know, based on who has the biggest advertising spend. Um, It's oftentimes, you know, word of mouth. So maybe you, you know, you and your little circle might discover some new app and then you get your your friends involved and then they get their friends involved. And that's how it grows. It doesn't necessarily always have to be from the company side. You're 100 percent right.
0: So you told me about uh, Caster. And so uh, I used it the other day because somebody was trying to, to reach me and I I could not use Zoom. I could not use the, the typical, traditional um, app for whatever reason. It wasn't working for me. So I said, well, I know Bonnie told me about her company. I know she has uh caster. And so I used it and boom, it pops right up. So here's the things that, uh, that I enjoyed uh, about it. I didn't have to wait for anything to pull up. Mm-hmm. Now, when I'm saying that... Can you explain in the technical terms of why I didn't have to wait for anything to pull up? Why was it so easy for me to access uh, uh, Caster?
1: Other than the reason that we made it that way?
0: (laughs) Well, other than that, yes.
1: So the reason why we made something that easy, first of all, is because, um, you know, with some of the other platforms, you have to download something. Mm -hmm. Um, There has to be either an app on your desktop or there has to be an app on your phone. And we didn't want it to be that way. We want it to be so that you can literally just open up a link and then you start talking literally, you know, as fastly, or sorry, as quickly as possible and as easily as possible. So what we have or what we created is an in-browser um, video conferencing platform. So as you saw, you know, you're able to just create a link, put it in, uh, sorry, you type in caster.bump.co, mm-hmm. you create a name for your room, you hit enter and you have your room, right? Right. It's the same thing on the phone. And funnily enough, I, I believe it's the first of its kind on its phone, on a, on a phone where you could just type in a link and then you have video in the browser on your phone too. Wow.
0: And I the haven't reason done why, it on the phone yet.
1: Yeah, you, it, you should definitely try it. I mean, that's, that's the game changer. Um, yeah, it's the fact that you could use it in browser on your phone as well. And usually when I tell people that, they're like, really? Like, it takes a while to compute because everyone is so used to having to download something on their phone first and then they can use it. Mm-hmm. And this is one where you just use it straight from your phone. And the reason for that, like I said, is just for, for ease of use. Um, we're able to use it not just for, um, you know, for meetings for company, sorry, company uh, virtual meetups. So we also use it for, for family and personal calls, for, for home parties, whatever the case may be. And we also use it to call internationally too. Um, the, the founder, he's actually from Liberia, and they're able to call family from here to Liberia. I'm able to do the same with family in Nigeria too. Wow.
0: That's, to me, that's, that's powerful. Uh, Instead of uh, using the the traditional routes of being able to connect with someone, if it's already online, because everybody's, you know, most people are on the internet. If all I have to do is just go on the internet and go to this one particular website, make Mm -hmm. a name for my room and then say, Hey, let, you know, let's talk. And within seconds, you know, we're up and running and we're able to see each other. We're able to communicate with each other. Mm-hmm. that takes a lot of headache out of you know hey when can we talk or when can we connect you can just do it real quick as soon as someone says hey are you available you could just send that over right then and there and then hop on a call and, and have a quick five ten minute uh, video conference
1: yeah and we want tech like we said we want tech to be for people um one thing i mean you're in the tech space right so you understand like you you're familiar with zoom and you're familiar mm-hmm. with how the online space works but not everybody's like that If you want to talk to your parents or your grandparents, i mean, trying to get them to download Zoom. And I I could go into the description what it's like Mm -hmm. to deal with, you know, other people who are not tech savvy. So this removes that confidence from it, too. Um, Just, you know, like like I mentioned, we're we're able to use it for international calls, too. Um, Yeah, same thing. Aunts, uncles, older grandparents, they're able to literally just copy and paste the link and then we're connecting with them
0: dope yeah the so the second thing that i noticed was okay hey this uh this is going by real fast Mm -hmm. but uh it was the uh the e the ease of use while having the video conference there wasn't anything i had to do extra like Mm -hmm. so the video conference pulls up and Mm -hmm. then i'm done i don't have there's there's not much more i have to do as far as moving things around or moving or doing this or doing that, I can simply uh, have everything right there uh, in front of me without mm-hmm. having to go search for anything and have a whole bunch of questions. It's pretty, pretty simple
1: yeah. uh,
0: in, in a way. So I, I guess a simple uh, interface, is that the correct terminology?
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, definitely has a simple interface. and um, Some of the other features um, also include uh, screen sharing. You could blur your background if you want. And then there's also the the chat, that you can use within the, the platform as well.
0: Okay. So I can chat with someone, I can send them links. Mm-hmm. I can, can, you said there's a screen share. Yeah. Okay.
1: Share too.
0: Yeah. So you really can do everything that all the other platforms are doing, but with the mm-hmm. uh, additional security tied to it and the, the ease yeah. of use of being on a web browser.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, I, if there was one, maybe um, recording, but that's something that we have in the pipeline anyway. Um, you know, Castor, it's up and running, but it's something that we plan on improving as we go along.
0: I feel like your company is perfect perfect... Uh partnership for a uh a digital nomad type entrepreneur we do.
1: That, mm-hmm. yeah
0: like if, if you're out here and you got a lot of different ideas you got a lot of things going on a lot of moving parts really i think i'm probably one of your uh ideal customers i'm not trying to say that just you know because <laughs> it's me but you know when i hear everything that you have to offer and then i see how the the services work I'm like, well, everything I really need is right here.
1: Right. And it
0: and, would be secure. And it would be secure. See, to, to me, that is one of the, the key things is we take that part for granted.
1: Yeah.
0: Until something happens and then we look up and we're like, wait a second. You know, mm-hmm. all my information has got stolen. It, that has never uh, happened to me. At least I don't, maybe it has, but mm-hmm. um, not to my knowledge that hasn't happened to me.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, but for, when I listen to just the mission of your company, when I listen to this, the products and services that your company has to offer, to me, it's a no-brainer. Like, I need to be partnering with you. I need to be working with you. Mm-hmm. And I really like the price points of a lot of your products and services, too. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we haven't talked about that part, but the, the price points, to me, are uh, very competitive in, right. in the marketplace. Yeah, that's key for me, too, because then I can do multiple things and mm-hmm. not just, uh, you know, cause I feel like when I work with other companies, it's like you got this one option and this, you know, the yeah. price tag is so high that you can't really do two or three things with them. You can only do that one thing. Right. I feel like with your company, I might be able to do four or five different things and really build uh, build an empire alongside you.
1: Yeah, exactly. And I mean, funnily enough, yeah, you very much are like someone who would be a target um, customer or client. Um, we definitely do, you know, projects that are for, um, small business owners as well as digital nomads. Um, and then we also do work for, for enterprise people as well. So this could be, um, you know, healthcare institutions or Mm. educational institutions, um, especially with education, to be honest with you, I know that we're, we're having this conversation about people, you know, going back to school, um, hoping that's not the case. Um, but you know, they also need security, um. Especially, you know, at the grade school level, you don't want somebody, you know, an outsider coming into your children's classrooms, uh, virtual Mm. classrooms for that matter. Yeah, so I mean, anybody could use it. Yeah, you are very much somebody that we would want to work with, but we can work with a plethora of people because at the end of the day, we all need security, especially in this kind of environment that we have right now where cyber attacks are kind of becoming the norm.
0: Now, t- you, you mentioned uh, the healthcare side. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you picture for a, a healthcare type company? How could your products and services be a huge benefit to them, uh, rather than what they may be using now?
1: Um, so, we would want to offer them security uh, uh, again, right at the mm-hmm. for- at the forefront. We would want to make sure that we are boxing for them a video uh, conferencing platform, um, they might want to make sure that they have total encryption on their website and whatever internal um, systems they may be using. Um, it, it just it depends on what that, you know, whether it's a hospital or, um, you know, a small, a small healthcare facility, whatever the case may be, it kind of depends on what that business needs. But really, I would think they would want to, what they would want to most benefit from our cybersecurity end. So making sure that they have everything encrypted on their end. Um, funnily enough, I, I don't know if I have a specific healthcare example, but I do have academia examples where you go on their website and they don't have a secure website. And um, truthfully enough, like if, I, I know that not everyone is like me. If I see a website or if someone on the Bump team sees a website and it's not secured, we're like, we don't wanna go on that website. And I've seen that with, with academic websites where, you know, these are students, these are professors that are on there. And if I'm like hesitant to go on there because they're not secured, then that could be a prime target for somebody who's willing to compromise their their, their systems.
0: So Bonnie Bell, tell, tell me this. How do I know when I go on a website, how do I know if I'm secure or not?
1: The HTTPS on the, in the URL. If but, it's secured, it'll have the S and there should be a lock too.
0: Okay, so the lock is usually like on that right hand side.
1: On the left, side, left side.
0: Okay. So the left side is the lock. And then also that S is what I'm looking for. The S <laughs> lets me know that I'm secure. If I don't have an S, yeah. then I don't have the full security that I'm looking for.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay. HTTP is not secured. HTTPS is secured.
0: That's very simple. And I, I guess a lot of people don't know that.
1: Um, yeah, which kind of surprises me too. But again, you know, when your head is in the space and you, it it comes to your mind, but it doesn't come to everybody else's. Um, this is something that Google has been cracking down on, I want to say for like two or three years. They're actually prioritizing websites that have uh, secured uh, URLs. If say a blogger or um, a podcaster or a coach or somebody has an unsecured website, there's a chance that it, not, it might not be ranking as high because it's not a secured website.
0: I was also, uh, I was looking at what causes the the most conversions for a company that's trying mm-hmm. to convert clients is to speed of a website pulling up yeah and so I mentioned earlier one of the fast uh, one of the best things I liked was how fast everything pulled up Mm -hmm. does the security part cause it to be faster or is that those two not connected at all
1: I wish I knew I I could double check that for you um I haven't noticed anything
0: Mm -hmm.
1: but I I don't want to rule that out okay yeah I can definitely ask and find a get an answer for you on that um but you're right speed definitely plays a huge play. I don't know the exact stat but um yeah if there, there's like a certain time frame like where if your page isn't loaded that's enough time for somebody to like go look somewhere else. Like it could exactly. be as small as 2 to 4 seconds, you're right.
0: Yeah, I was yeah, I was researching and, and they were saying that it's it's roughly up to that that 5 second mark where mm-hmm. if it's taking too long they're gone because they're minding, you know, they have got 5 10,000 things in their mind. And if yeah. it's taking a little while, they're like, oh, okay, this website it just it ain't what it what it said it was going to be. But I noticed with your products, it's all pulling up very fast. I was just wondering, you know, with the security, you know, put it in I was wondering if it had anything to do with each other. But either way, it does come up very fast. And that's yeah, one of the per- things I pay attention to.
1: Yeah. I mean, we we want our products to be fast anyway. And that goes for not just for Caster, but also for our websites, as even our basic websites. We want them all loading very quickly everything that we design, not just, um, you know, with our web development project, projects, but also for our entire suite of projects is we want it to be super user-friendly. Um, and that starts with having a very clean website that loads quickly. Like you said, we, you know, we wanna make sure that we're holding onto, onto our customers. So we need to make sure that all of our, our products are working quickly.
0: So if they don't have the S on their website, they don't have the lock, They need to be reaching out to you so they can uh, get properly
1: aligned. 100%.
0: You mentioned it already, but how can they reach out to your company and how can they make sure that they have uh, access to -to end-to-end encryption?
1: So they can reach us on bump.co, bump.co. They can also reach us on Instagram. Uh, We have an Instagram page there. We are at bump.co. Um, you can reach out to me personally. I'm at the Bonnie Bell, and you could also reach out to our founder. He's at Nacy Thomas. Um, yeah. Uh, the best way is to find us on on the website. Um, we are pretty quick with our our customer support and outreach.
0: I look forward to, to hearing all the great stories that come uh, from listening to this podcast and people converting over to uh, end-to-end encryption. Is there any final thoughts you have for the, for our listeners? who are uh, still stuck in the, the Googles and the Zooms of the world and haven't made that transition to at least start looking at other options. Any final thoughts for them before we go today?
1: Um, yeah, you, so honestly, you kind of hit the nail on the head earlier when you mentioned um, the user having a personal responsibility. Mm-hmm. And 100%, right? Like we are definitely in the business of making sure that we are able to provide the most secure options for people who are using our products. But I definitely want people to know that there are other options out there. Um, we're not the only company out there that's security first. I obviously want to, you know, make sure that our name is getting, getting attention, but we're not the only ones who are doing it. Um, we definitely have to take a more mindful approach with everything that it is we do. I think that we're kind of at this renaissance, if you will, where people are beginning to take an introspective approach to things. Like they're very, we're very much at a slower pace than where we were last year um, there's definitely, you know, a renewed focus on mindfulness and self-care and all of these things. And even though we look at it from a personal sense, you know, how it works with life and relationships and whatnot, we should also be thinking about how it works with our relationship with tech and our relationships with other things. You know, we have to take that same approach and realize that the same way that, you know, a company that is, you know, promising you, you know, you, sorry, let me, let me rephrase this. The same way you can go to a grocery store, right? And you could buy, yeah. Junk food for a dollar is the same way that you can go online and you can find free or easy digital products that don't have your your best interests in mind, so we definitely have to take that same approach and do our due diligence to make sure that whatever it is that we are consuming and using on or in a digital space is also one that has our best interests in mind, and with that you know being security
0: Bonnie Bell, thank you so much for this conversation. Uh, I look forward to working with your company uh, and uh, having that end-to-end encryption, having that speed. Mm -hmm. Uh, But for me, having that trust factor, having a company that I can uh, partner with and know that everything is secure and that we're on the same page, we're on the same mission, Mm -hmm. that's going to be key for me above anything else is just making sure we're on the same frequency. Uh, So I thank you for coming on Black Equity. The doors are open. uh, If you want to come back in the future for us to continue this conversation, Uh, talk about tech, talk about uh, uh, building a blogging business, all Mm -hmm. the different things that you have to offer, uh, the doors are open for you to come back.
1: Sounds good. Thank you very much for having me. Thank you. Mm -hmm.
0: We are truly grateful for today's guest. If you are interested in becoming an approved Black equity strategic partner with this company or one in the past, simply send us an interest inquiry to the following email djm at djmotri.com. Once again, djm at djmotri.com. Let us know your name, your company, your services, and which guests you are interested in partnering with. As an approved partner, you will have exclusive access to our network and have first opportunity at future partnerships as well. Thank you for tuning in and be sure to join us on the next episode of the Black Equity Podcast.